Okay, today on the show, we are going to talk about a movie that's been really talked about in, in like the film circle for a long time now because this was a movie that was supposed to come out, I believe, a, a long time ago, but, uh, you know, pandemic uh, delayed, delayed it considerably. Uh, we're going we're gonna to talk about Nomadland, directed by Chloe Zhao and starring mainly Francis McDormand in this yeah. kind of it's it's in a lot of ways it's a one woman movie even though there are uh, some side characters it is definitely her movie alone um it takes place in the aftermath of um the uh the great recession in 0809 a lot of people may remember that uh so we're in 2011 in this movie and she's kind of like She's lost everything. She's uh, what did she call herself? She's not homeless. She doesn't. She just doesn't have a house. Is that what she said? House. Uh, like that. Uh, she lives in a van, basically, and and um, lives a nomad life with a bunch of other people. She works at Amazon and the uh, like warehouse packing facility, and it's kind of just like a little story of uh, of her life um, doing that. It's often quite sad uh it's often kind of humorous and it's always um a great example of why francis mcdormand is one of our best actors today i think so i said yeah she really she really does a good job of telling these like every time i see her in the movie it's always yes. a great story about middle america too and that's really an important part of film culture that needs to be talked about more and she does a fantastic job just really connecting with that type of story yes so the movie had its premiere world premiere at the venice film festival in september of last year um and then it was delayed multiple times until finally being released in theaters and on hulu February 19th of 2021. Um, that's really all the background we need, I think. So I guess let's get into yeah. some more of these initial impressions. I kind of said some of mine already. So let's hear from Andrew. Well, um, Nomadland. Nomadland. Um, uh, it's the one woman show that Frances McDormand deserves. And I love how she tells the story. I loved her character. I felt extremely sympathetic towards her. And it's it's an unflattering look at just what like at just how like economic downturn can actually do to people. Yeah. And it doesn't and it has no shame in it. Like and to be honest with you, it's quite scary. I mean, that's that like the entire time I was watching this movie, I'm just like, man, to like, like to, to be retired with no home, you know, that and just and no real home. money at all. Yeah, not I mean, and she was working at Amazon like seasonally and to have no money at all to do all this stuff for 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 nothing really just kind of it opened my eyes a little bit. It's just like, wow, that's pretty hardcore. But also, you know, it's also in a way, in a way, what you see here is that it's kind of freeing and it's kind of freeing in, in, in the way that like, she's not bound to anything. She can do whatever she wants to. And I love that. And I love, there's some, there's some symbolism, like there's some, there, uh, 
there was some symbolism in the movie that I really loved. And it was just like when she was when she was in the creek, when she was like bathing in the creek, that to me was just like she's kind of like she's free to do whatever she wants. And it's and the movie itself is very I don't want to say startling. It's not startling. It's just it's just a sad way to look at things. But unfortunately, that is the truth. That actually happens. Um, Frances McDormand, God love her. I like this woman is like a friggin' powerhouse. I don't know how she does it. I mean, and she's she's well into her sixties, and she's still turning them loose. You know, she's still turning it out. Like uh, this was the I think this was her first movie. No, maybe it wasn't uh, her first movie since Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. And and what you get here is just something that's completely different. Um, I love the direction. Um, I love this. I mean, as what you get as a supporting cast, all the stories that they were telling, it sounded so naturalistic. Like everybody, like. Really, the only two people that had any star power were Francis and David Strathairn, the guy that she was kind of with. But I like what you said just a second ago, Garrett, about how she does a lot of Midwestern stuff. Like she represents like a lot of the stories that she does are mainly Midwestern stories. Yeah, they're really uh, like heart of heart of the country style, heartland, homeland, like I can't middle class. yeah uh, what's that yeah yeah Uh, i i can't sorry about that uh i can't think of like i can't think of a movie where she was just like a giant hollywood star but however no matter what she does she holds her own like this is this is her film and yep she owns it 110 percent yeah, and then I think it goes. I mean, the economic downturn is a huge part of this, but like also she lost everything. Mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. it was not just financially stuff that she was affected. She lost her husband, the entire town that she lived in, gone. Um, and you know, I, I I can't even imagine losing something like that. So you see this story and, and everybody has seen people that fit this story and we all have ideas of what things are. And it's nice to see the humanization of these people that have so much going on. And then for, for her character, it really seemed that she's uh, holding on to a lot. And that's the reason for her nomadness. It's not necessarily, it is part of what she wants to do, but I also think that she's not letting herself do anything else because she's worried about it. And that's what that relationship with Dave represents where she, there's clearly some spark of attraction and and, and, an affection there that each of them could hold on to. But every, you know, Dave himself uh, has his own things that he's struggling with that lead him to being a nomad. And, and then he comes to terms with that and really starts to change. And, and, and he, is able to come to peace with whatever demon was haunting him and tries to, to help her as well. Um, and for her, she's really struggling with that next chapter. And you see that near the end where she's saying she's feels like she's just lived her life remembering. And so this really is kind of a nice symbolic thing of 
she is very free, but she's also very restricted. And then at the end, you know, she's back where she was and is letting go and being able to actually be free by being able to let go of a lot of the things that she couldn't have in the past. So that's that the end of that movie really hit me hard. It was a really sad watch and, and, but it didn't really hit home how good it was of making me feel alone. You know, you see all of these shots of Francis McDormand just in the middle of the road and absolutely nothing else. There's nothing else there. There's no one else there. And then at the beginning of the movie, she's at least with her friend and then it's just the two of them and it's still nothing else. So that re- when they circle back and it's just her, man, that really hits home too. So that it really does a lot without doing too much. And it's, it's a beautiful film. Yes. Really heavy. So prepare yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, uh, yeah. And it's, it's weird that like, maybe it's not weird, but it's just, uh, I feel like this movie should, should be looked at like a, if you look at it through like a social economic viewpoint, like the sense of community that these people have, you know, mm-hmm. you're able to make something out of nothing and they're able to yeah. view things a, a, a hell of a lot differently than we do because yeah. we have full time. Like they like, have to. Yeah. I mean, like we, we live in a home, like we live in a home and we, we don't have to worry about that. But the other thing is, yeah. is that like, uh, like, I, I want to say that, like, maybe the van that she was in, maybe the van she was in was like almost kind of like her prison. I mean, you can kind of, sure. you can kind in of, in some ways, that. yeah, in some ways. And yeah, holding on to all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, uh, it, it, yeah. That's, I mean, that's both, awesome. both things are true that it is a, it is a lifestyle that some could consider to be freeing and some can consider to be like a prison and in reality it's probably both depending on the day of the week um some days you're gonna feel great that you have nowhere to you don't have to be anywhere you can park your van wherever you are allowed and just live and then other times you're probably really frustrated that you have to go to the bathroom in your living room in a bucket and hope for the best. Yeah. Uh, but it yeah. is a completely different style of life than most of us are used to. And that is what I think can make the film startling, which is a word that you used earlier, Andrew, is that this is a lifestyle that is not chosen by a lot of people. It is forced upon them. And it is a story that I haven't personally seen told a lot of. Um, and it, you know the movie. The movie is based on on a nonfiction book telling these stories um, called Nomadland: The Surviving America in the Twenty First Century. So this is this, this is about real people doing uh, life, living life in this way. Um, I don't want to. Mm. I don't want to stretch too far, but it, I, it, you know, it's hard to make this kind of comparison for obvious reasons. But I'm going to. It's very Grapes of Rathian in a sense of like, you're able to see how people are really affected by a financial crisis and, and what they do to make their 
life work as best they can for whatever reasons. Um, again, some people choose to live like that and that's what they want to do. And that's amazing. And that's awesome. Good for them. Some people have to do it. Um, and some people are stuck and, and, and do it because they don't see a way out or whatever, you know, there's so many different reasons why people might do it. And so it's really nice to see this kind of go through all spectrums of that, where, um, it wasn't, it didn't seem to be what she wanted. And then it kind of became what she wanted. And then, you know, you have questions. Yeah. Throughout the movie and it, about it really wants, shows yeah. you the, the seriousness of the matter and kind of slaps some reality into you, or at least I would hope it would, uh, because, you know, you can see what so many people are going through and how so much of the conversation um, nationally is really missing the mark on how to help people who need it, um, you know, to get, uh, to, to make it even more relevant, you know, this was set in 2011, but today we have people in power who are like quibbling over whether or not you should get $1,400. And you think, what would that really do for them? Yeah. Like that's a, that's a decent chunk of money and the, and people like in Nomadland would be able to use it, but it will not change their life. They will still have to live in a van. So it's like you're so many people are missing entirely what is required to help people who are hurting in financial ways. And they're fighting over these little tiny like breadcrumbs, basically. Uh, it was really eye opening to me in that way that we're just not doing enough. And what we're doing is is still getting being fought. We're like trying to tippy toe up one stair, and we're struggling. Yeah, mm-hmm. we got a whole staircase ahead of us. Yeah. So that's yeah. that's kind of you know I was gonna ask one thing I've been I've been wanting to start talking about with some of these movies that are deeper like this is you know what are what is something you learned from the movie. And that is what I feel like I really learned from it and took away was this whole thing about we're just not understanding what people need. Yeah, that's, that's a fair, that's a fair, I like that observation a lot. Um, What I, what I took from it was basically that in times of desolation, I mean, there, there's a couple things I took I took away from it. Number one being that like America is supposed to be this great, vast, wealthy, wealthy nation. That's I mean, sell it. she's she's working for Amazon, which is the biggest corporation in the world. <laughs> Yet she's living in a van. Right. That says it all right there. Like, right, Je- and Jeff Bezos, the uh, sometimes the richest man there is. Yeah. Sometimes. He goes back yeah. and forth, I think. Yeah. But like, yeah. But, like, the thing is, is that, like, it just goes, like, the immense, like, like the differentiation of wealth here because she's working for the biggest corporation ever, I mean, in, in, the, in history right now, yet she's living in a van working seasonally, and she's, ha- she's literally having to strive to make money. But it's also, it also gives a little bit of a sense of hope, like that in the midst of, you know, desolation, isolation, and all these other shuns, um, 
one of the things you get out of it is a sense of like peace, harmony, and even a little bit of community. And it's really kind of a beautiful thing when people kind of just, when people unite because of that. And it's like, they can be communal and they can be, they can be completely like they're totally at harmony with one another. And I think it's a, I think it's a wonderful thing. And I think it's like, it, kind of drives it in drives it in further that the Americans that the spirit of people the, the spirit of people along with the spirit of America continues to strive on even in these hard economic downturns that we have yeah that's what I get okay any other yeah. lessons felt learned from the movie no I think I talked about mine too I think that okay. uh, you know I, I think that a sense of community is very important to take away from this movie. Um, I think a lot of times people will see, you know, again, this is a good job of pointing out a lot of blind spots. I think that people might have. Um, a lot of times I think you might see people that you would stereotype in one way. And, and then you watch this movie and realize they're all just looking for a sense of community. Yeah. And so I think that's important to pay attention to. Like in a way that, in a way that uh, these Homeless people, these nomads, are all looking for a houseless, system. houseless, houseless. Are all looking for it? Are all looking for a sense of home? So yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. It's definitely a heavy watch. Uh, don't watch it with the with the kids. I mean, you can watch it with the kids. <laughs> oh, just don't yeah, expect them to, you know, be happy sleep. afterwards. Yeah, everybody will be. I can see yeah, how. So it can be a little slow. Um, you know, if you're not, if you don't connect with the story and if you're not able to, to, to share that kind of, uh, deep level of storytelling, you're definitely not going to be into this movie. Um, yeah. So if, 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 I don't know what would draw you to this movie, if you're not already kind of looking for something like this, but if you're not into that, uh, definitely don't watch those long. If you're looking Andrew, for powerhouse, say what? I was going to ask Andrew if you would recommend this to. Do you recommend? Would you recommend this to a friend or someone? I I would only recommend this if you want to study acting in a naturalistic mm -hmm. sense, because a lot of what you go, a lot of what you see here is naturalistic acting. Would I recommend it? Um, yes. It, yes, and to study upon okay. for multiple reasons. Yeah, I, I would recommend it as a look into um, a segment of society that is often overlooked, yep. um, is what I think I would do. Um, okay. Um, so as I mentioned earlier, the film was uh, written and directed by Chloe Zhao. Uh, she is... Um, kind of an up-and-comer in some ways. Her first uh, movie, uh, Songs My Brothers Taught Me, premiered at Sundance in 2015, uh, was nominated for an Independent Spirit Award. Her second film um, also got her a nomination for an Independent Spirit Award. This is only her third movie as a director. And her next wow. film is Marvel's The Eternals. <laughs> so, what? big step up. <laughs> um you know, The Eternals is also on our list to hopefully uh, one day review. Uh, it was supposed yeah. to come out last November, and I think now it is like 
either next, either this November or maybe early next year. I can't remember right now. But so she's about to um, have a big year, I think. I, I expect Nomadland will will pick up some more hardware as the award season kind of pans out. And then obviously any director that takes on a Marvel film just gets a huge spotlight pointed at them. And then, and it's I, always interesting. Go ahead. The only thing I was going to say was, was like, what a contrast. Like, yes. like you went from very very character driven story with hardly any budget to a yeah. big budget. Yeah, and well, in smaller budget. independent films. Yeah. To the biggest stage in Hollywood right now. Well, I think that's important. We always talk about how there are so many good directors that are doing superhero movies and they started as independent filmmakers and it would be really great to see what they could do with an independent storytelling mindset with a independent or with a big budget. Um, not that they would necessarily need it, but it would be nice to, to get the backing for it. And so, you know, Ryan Coogler is one that we talk about. Um, Zhao can be one where they are able to do all of these creative works that are not just superhero movies. And I think that would be good to see. Yeah. I would, I would be like, Hey, listen, I'll do your superhero movie, but I need you to get on board with this movie too. Yeah. Because this is a project that I'm passionate about. Not that I'm not passionate about this, but like, let me do this too. Because in a lot of ways, I want to help advance a film in some sort. Yeah. The big movies can finance the, the smaller ones in a lot of ways. So mm-hmm. I think that's, that's, that's good. And that's, that's interesting. Interesting. Um, well, does anyone have any final thoughts they want to add on Nomadland? I think we covered quite a bit of it. Um, I feel, I felt good about watching it. I didn't feel good, you know, coming out of it, but I felt good that I watched. I'm glad that I watched it. I'd been looking forward to it for a while, just based on what I'd read about early reactions. So I, I think that, you know, if this conversation made it seem like something you might be interested in, I would definitely recommend you jump in and try it out. And really I would recommend it anyway, just because I think it tells an important story. I, yeah. I, I agree because like in any time a movie gets us talking like this, especially when it comes to like, like, you know, social issues in turn in turn and stuff like this, that's what interests me the most. Yep. Like there's, there's no other way around it. Like, like, like movies that shine a light on that sort of sort of issue really grab my attention. And if it hits home like this, then it's done its job. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Well, okay. um, nomad land you can find on Hulu, at least at the time of this recording, as well as in some theaters, depending on what market you're in and if theaters are open and all that good stuff so we will now jump to our letterbox game letterbox i I will run the game this this time i had gotten it last time i believe deathmatch um so go ahead and start guessing while i pull it up Andrew, you get to go first. I believe you are in last. Last. <laughs> you know, actually, you know, I don't know if it's an advantage to go first or go last. Maybe, Andrew, do you want to go first or last? 
matter. When there's only two of you guessing, it matters a lot less. Yep, that's true. That's uh, true. You can't, you can't get you can't go in the middle of anyone this time. No, nope. that's true. I would go four point two. Okay. We got a four point two. Okay. Wow, that you went on the high side. I'm going to go on the lower side. I was thinking about three point seven. Okay, we got a four point two and a three point seven. Uh, we do not have an exact winner today. Uh, however, we do have. Uh, a, a winner, obviously, that is extremely close, who is off by just 0. 0.1, 0. 0.1. Uh, the, the winner is going to be Andrew. Hey. Stunning, a stunning oh, win, hey. a, a real uh, underdog story. The movie wow. is currently sitting at 4.1 on mm. our favorite social media app for film buffs and fans. Letterboxd, where you can find all of us there individually, as well as David and the show under so many sequels. Um, I'm making the truth being spoken. I can never find. There they are. I was going to try to check out and see what some of our, some of the top reviews are on this here app. See if we got a good one. Oh, this, this one gets me good. I watched. The Academy screener breaks my heart to have to watch these films at home. Oh, yeah. It would be, you know, this has got some gorgeous, gorgeous scenery. That's what and I And it would be say. beautiful to see uh, on a big screen. That, that's what I was going to say. It was shot so beautifully. It was so, it was lit incredibly well. Yeah. It was lit and lit well. This, for some humor, this four-star review from David Ehrlich uh, says one of the best movies ever made that opens with a title card about the reduced demand for sheetrock. Mm, Very yeah. specific. Um, and there you go. You can imagine that most of these reviews are much longer and uh, yeah, more thoughtful. Although I did just go through one five-star review. What's remembered lives. This movie reminded me what it feels like to be alive. Oh, wow. That's very thoughtful. Very thoughtful one sentence uh, review. So check, uh, find us all on on Letterboxd, like I said earlier. Um, what do we rate it? Yeah, now we need to rate it. B4 from me, dog. A big four for you. It would be four and a half from me. Andrew's going to bump up to a four and a half. I think I am also going to stick with a four. So that leaves, oops. That leaves our total score at a 4.16. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. That's okay right around that. the letterbox score. That is score. almost, almost right actually. The letterbox score. I can get one more decimal point if I check the uh, <laughs> if I check the desktop site. So let's see exactly how close we it? are. I'm so excited. What if it's what if we are in sync perfectly with Letterboxd? That'd be a first. It would be a first. At least to our knowledge. Yeah, it's true. We haven't like, you know, double check everything down to the before. Yeah. No, 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 no. We don't. 
No man, man. Here we go. We're so loading. Exciting. We're loading. We're loading. Everything has to take so slow <laughs> when you're on record. Come on. Oh, yeah, wow. It is exactly 4.10. Ah. All right. We like Still, though, we're off by point zero six. Yeah. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. That's, I'd mm-hmm. say that's successful. Oh, yeah. Huh? What are we? What are we waiting for? I I am I'm waiting for not. I, have, oh, I thought I Andrew have, said, uh, "Wait a minute." No. Oh, do you didn't? No. I'm gonna have to check the tape. I could have sworn I heard you say, "Wait a minute." No. Check the tape. Check the tape. If our producer in up in the booth could check the tape. <laughs> yeah, Greg. Greg. Greg taking notes. Oh man, Thanks, Greg. Who? Uh, we're gonna have to introduce David to Greg. What? Yeah. He won't you know, when know you go off and do what he did, you we hired you a producer. You got to pick up the slack. Okay. Well, that wraps up this week's episode from all of us. Be sure you find us online on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Had so many sequels. Search for us there. Um, our YouTube channel, of course. If you're watching the video, we would love it if you subscribed and uh liked the video, maybe shared it with your friends, your grandma, your uh, your uncle Leo, your dog. I don't know. Dogs might like it. Just share it with anybody who might want to see it. And of course, like our social channels um, and follow us. Slide into our DMs. Let us know. You know, we're trying, if you, if you saw our uh, first episode of the season, we're trying to focus even more on new movies this year. New movies that... Um, Maybe you've been looking forward to, uh, or maybe that you haven't even heard of yet, and maybe we're introducing them to you. So if you've got one that you are really looking forward to and want us to watch it and, and let you know how it is, let us know. Um, we've got a whole calendar full of full of movies that we hope are really good, and we'll find out very soon since, you know, mm-hmm. we're, we're actually getting some new movies coming out this year. Um, things are kind thankfully. of looking up in some ways, yeah, thankfully. Yeah. Even though a lot of them are going to have to be watched at home, and that is not the best. It's, uh, you know. Better than nothing. It's better than nothing, and it's all in the name of uh, safety. Yep. Exactly. So, that's it. That's it. Have I missed anything? No, so. you did fantastic, so Josh. Either. I'm so proud. Oh, my gosh. I would hope so after four seasons, three three seasons. and We finally uh, figured it out. It took Nomadland to figure it to It to took Nomadland. Um, all right, well. We'll see you guys next time. Have fun. Watch some movies. Rank them on Letterboxd. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye.